Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to this impromptu edition of V Radio. I decided to get on the air to talk about this to make sure that it got uh, out to everybody immediately. I brought with me Ray Powell. Uh, some of you might remember him from a previous broadcast I did, and um, not to mention our recent YouTube uh, videos from when I was at his home in New Mexico. Uh, welcome again, Ray, to the show. Thanks for having me on, Neil. Now, basically, we just kind of had you know breaking news uh, in something that I was never confident uh, was going to go really far, although I always wanted it to. Congressman Ron Paul had put together you know a bill to audit the Fed. And this bill, you know, we, we kind of figured like many other great bills that Congressman Paul or Kucinich would put together would probably just kind of get buried. But apparently, not only did it not get buried, it overwhelmingly passed. Um, I'm going to read here first from Russia Today. A bill introduced by Representative Ron Paul of Texas to audit America's central bank, the Federal Reserve, passed the U.S. House of Representatives overwhelmingly Wednesday afternoon by a 327 to 98 vote. Paul's ongoing efforts to call for increased transparency in the Federal Reserve have become the hallmark of his tenure in Congress and of his current campaign for the presidency. Representative Paul is still vying for the GOP nomination and intends to speak at the Republican National Convention in Florida next month. And although Paul has a has as recently as this week refused to endorse presumptive party nominee Mitt Romney, the former Massachusetts governor has supported the congressman's proposal to audit the Fed. Quote, Ron Paul's audit the Fed bill is a reminder of his tireless efforts to promote sound money and a more transparent Federal Reserve, Romney wrote on his official Twitter page. During the Wednesday afternoon vote in Washington, D.C., Paul received backing from all House Republicans but one, as well as support from 89 congressional Democrats. Representative Dennis Kucinich was among those of the opposing party of Paul's that still saw reason to support the bill. Quote, The Fed creates trillions of dollars out of nothing and gives it to banks, Representative Kucinich said before Wednesday's vote. Quote, Congress is in the dark. The Fed sets the stage for the subprime meltdown. Congress is in the dark. The Fed takes a dive on L-I-B-O-R-O-R. Congress is in the dark. The Fed doesn't tell regulators what is going on. Congress is in the dark. It is time for us to bring the Fed into the sunshine of accountability, the Democratic congressman continued. House Minority Whip Steny Hoyer, Democrat from, looks like Montana, was one of those opposed to the bill, saying that passing it, quote, increases the likelihood that the Fed will make decisions based on political rather than economic considerations and that is not a recipe for sound monetary policy. Ben Bernanke, chairman of the U.S. Federal Reserve, has said that although the Fed is, quote, quite transparent and accountable on monetary policy, there was room for improvement. Speaking to the House Financial Service Committee last week, Bernanke said that the agency still, quote, needs to be transparent and it needs to be accountable, even though he believes that his quarterly projections and press conferences already allow the central bank to be relatively open with Americans. Although Wednesday's vote was a success for the congressman's efforts to bring added transparency to the Fed, his fight for an audit doesn't end here. Next, the bill will be brought to the Senate for a vote where it is not expected to pass. If it does clear both sides of Congress, however, it will then be sent to the desk of President Barack Obama for him to sign into law. So that being said, um, I have to say the first thing that surprised me about this, Ray, was the overwhelming victory 
327 to 98 is a lot. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, very surprising news to me as well. Of course, Dr. Paul, uh, Congressman Ron Paul, has been putting this bill or a similar one to it into every single term uh, every two years that he's been reelected in the House. He has put forward a bill like this. And only recently, since 2008, has he really started to see some, some excitement and momentum and energy getting behind his bills. Uh, it's really amazing to see what can happen in four years. And, um, you know, uh, the, the, the twist he added four years ago was he had always been um, promoting end the Federal Reserve. And that had been his thing, which is, which is ultimately where we need to go. But it, he decided to, to tone it down a little bit and let's just go with an audit. Let's let people know what the heck this organization actually does. What are their real motivations? What are they doing with their uh, open market maneuvers that are secret? Um, that they are authorized to do under their contract with the federal government. And uh, let's find out exactly what they're up to when they, when they print out $10 billion out of thin air and ship it to Iraq the day the interim government goes into uh, operation, when they are um, funding and bailing out banks behind the scenes without congressional approval um, or congressional oversight, and, or at least attempting to do so. Um, and only through the efforts of, of a few does that even make it through Congress. Our friend Bob Scholz, help make sure that um, that bill even, that those kind of maneuvers even got noticed, and that was actually the spawn of the Tea Party. But really, I mean, uh, this audit, this this transparency ought to get some eyes open, and to have Mitt Romney up there now all of a sudden being a fan of more transparency and more auditing, I think we're on the right direction. Of course, the pessimistic side of me always says, well, if the powers that be in the Fed uh, are are allowing this to happen, okay, um, and it did not have the, the power to stop it or, or kind of have to call a truce on this one. Um, there's a lot more going on at higher levels, um, levels above the government than we totally are led to understand, and I'm sure they're going to have some ways that they're going to manage to keep certain key things secret, but the beauty of this thing is that for sure um, it's going to really have the press talking more about the Fed, more about money, more about honest money, um, more about um, what, how currency works and how it's created and, and what inflation is. These kind of concepts were generally unknown and not heard of and not talked about four years ago, Neil. And, you know, we've all watched, you and I and millions of others who have been working to share this information have watched as the public has become steadily more aware. And this is definitely uh, feels like, at least a PR victory at this time, you know, in terms of the word is getting out in really big ways that people just can't ignore. And we'll see what the practical results are. I agree. Um, it's definitely been something a long time in coming. And I have to say that it's honestly a victory for activists at both the quote unquote right and the quote unquote left. Uh, when you think about it, and I hope that overall uh, we definitely see some more from this. What I find odd about it is that they keep suggesting that it's really unlikely to pass the Senate. I don't know. I mean, well, it depends. I'm kind of surprised the Democrats are opposed to auditing the Fed, or at least that's what's being portrayed, but who knows? I mean, we've only got mainstream media to depend on at this point. Um, since we had such an overwhelming vote in the House, um, I don't really feel that it's automatically going to be something that's going to be hard to pass through the Senate. What Barack Obama would do with it is the next big question. 
And I think that it's important to people who are just kind of blowing this off at the idea that, okay, well, it'll never pass the other two branches of government. It doesn't really matter. It's still a huge victory, you know, and lends an amazing amount of credibility to the issue that the Federal Reserve needs to be held accountable for what it is that it does with our currency. And, you know, that's a, a win that can never really be understated. I mean, when you think about it, one of the things that they did when, you know, during the 2008 elections is that they were trying to make Ron Paul look like a quack. So they investigated everything in his platform and they investigated the Federal Reserve issue. And then all of a sudden they went, wait a minute, he's telling the truth about that. And then it got more and more mainstream coverage as a result of his presidential bid. Whether or not he'll ever win remains to be seen, but it doesn't change the fact that partisan politics succeeded in the same way that um, my friend from the Socialist Party, Brian Moore, brought up was that, yeah, the Socialist Party never gets anybody elected, but their their campaigns tend to get absorbed by other people. I was actually also surprised to see that Mitt Romney suddenly says he supports the issue. When I remember back in 2008, he you know made up, you know, kind of made fun of it, like he acted like the Fed was already audited or something to that effect. Um, although I do have some information here from Bernie Sanders, uh, this being uh, courtesy of one of my listeners named Martin from Occupy Detroit. Bernie, from Bernie Sanders, uh, the senator, Bernie Sanders, the Sanders, the senator from Vermont, um, his website, he's got a, a page here from July 21st, 2011, uh, the Fed audit. I'm going to go ahead and read it now. Uh, the first top to bottom audit. Now, this apparently was some kind of independent audit of the Federal Reserve uncovered eye popping new details about how the U.S. provided a whopping 16 trillion in secret loans to bail out American and foreign banks and businesses during the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. An amendment by Senator Bernie Sanders to the Wall Street reform law passed one year ago this week directed the Government Accountability Office to conduct the study. Quote, as a result of this audit, we know that the Federal Reserve provided more than $16 trillion in total financial assistance to some of the largest financial institutions and corporations in the United States and throughout the world, end quote. Uh, said Sanders, uh, continuing, this is clearly a clear case of socialism for the rich and rugged on-your-own individualism for everyone else, end quote. Among the investigation's key findings is that the Fed unilaterally provided trillions of dollars in financial assistance to foreign banks and corporations from South Korea to Scotland, according to the GAO report. Quote, no agency of the United States government should be allowed to bail out a foreign bank or corporation without the direct approval of Congress and the president, Sanders said. The nonpartisan investigative arm of Congress also determined that the Fed lacks a comprehensive system to deal with conflicts of interest despite the serious potential for abuse. In fact, according to the report, the Fed provided conflict of interest waivers to employees and private contractors so they could keep investments in the same financial institutions and corporations that were given emergency loans. For example, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase served on the New York Fed's board of directors at the same time that his bank received more than $390 billion in financial assistance from the Fed, Moreover, J.P. Morgan Chase served as one of the clearing banks for the Fed's emergency lending programs. In another disturbing finding, the GAO said that on September 19, 2008, William Dudley, who is now the New York Fed president, was granted a waiver to let him keep investments in AIG and General Electric at the same time AIG and GE were, were given bailout funds. One, reasons the Fed, one reason the Fed did not make Dudley sell his holdings, according to the audit, was that it might have created the appearance of a conflict of interest. 
To Sanders, the conclusion is simple. Quote, no one who works for a firm receiving direct financial assistance from the Fed should be allowed to sit on the Fed's board of directors or be employed by the Fed, he said. The investigation also revealed that the Fed outsourced most of its emergency lending programs to private contractors, many of which were also recipients of extremely low interest and then secret loans. The Fed outsourced virtually all of its operations of their emergency lending programs to private contractors like J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. The same firms also received trillions of dollars in federal loans to a near zero at near zero interest rates. Although together, altogether, some two thirds of the contracts that the Fed awarded to manage its emergency lending programs were no bid contracts. Morgan Stanley was given the largest no-bid contract worth $108.4 million to help manage the Fed bailout of AIG. A more detailed GAO investigation into potential conflicts of interest at the Fed is due on October 18th, but Sanders said one thing already is abundantly clear. The Federal Reserve must be reformed to serve the needs of working families, not just CEOs on Wall Street. So... There we have, I guess, another audit um, that it was did not really get a lot of attention, but this is right here on Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont's you know, actual website. I'm going to provide the link to it here in the chat room for those of you who are there, um, and I'll probably provide it elsewhere as well. But that's like, uh, you know, like I said, I'm surprised that this audit already went through and that Ron Paul's is like, you know, is still going to be obviously an issue, and I hope that they'll go even further beyond like what is already known on this topic. Right. Go ahead. I think that audit was part of that uh, economic reform package that got passed a couple of years ago in which some of Ron Paul's, uh, they actually denied Ron Paul's audit the Fed bill, but they took a couple of parts and stuck it in there. And so that's what I'm saying about this has been, they, this, this, the writing has been on the wall for some time for the powers that be to see that the people are tired of all the secret operations and manipulations of our monetary system. And um, so they've had their time to maneuver and they, they've had some time to realize they're going to have to start being more transparent. And so they've, I'm sure they've done a lot to cover some of the worst um, things that have been going on and that uh, even an ongoing uh, audit of the Fed, is going, while it's going to reveal certain things, um, won't necessarily um, you know, show us all the gory details of the things that are most important. I think also the other thing to be really wary of with this whole thing is that why not go ahead? Let's say, okay, the public is sick of the Fed. Let's go ahead. Let's let's give it to them. Let's uh, throw that bait out there. Let's uh, go ahead and, and open the Fed up. Let's let them see enough to get everybody pissed off. And then let's go ahead. Uh, now that we've created a problem, let's go ahead and offer the solution. And why don't we make that solution uh, a centralization of the banking powers in a global bank of some kind. And I very strongly suggest that that's where we're going to see this heading. So um, as the information gets out there, it's really going to be important for all those who really understand what's, what's, what's at stake here um, to take this information and to get those blogs written and to write the articles about how central console, control systems and, and uh, of monetary um, and fiat currency that has no backing. I really think it's important for people to understand these issues, decide how they feel about that, and largely to um, hopefully people just uh, – the, uh, the knowledge will lead people to understand we need to be very careful as we tread forward with these large ideas about monetary policy, and especially when we hit the global level and we get, you know, uh, if the, the, the greatest thing in the world 
for the powers that be that we're that we're all standing against, I think at least in this listening audience, um, would be for them to have one global central bank. That would be the greatest wish come true. So I think we all need to be very careful and make sure we're getting a good information out there about what could be going on here. I concur completely, and I have to say that uh, basically now that we've we've gotten this far, I think it's a, a major step in the right direction and something that I believe, at least in my opinion, that both the Occupy movement and the Tea Party movement should get behind. It should be something that they can team up on. You know, when you think about it, the vastness of the Occupy movement combined with, say, Campaign for Liberty, organizing, you know, and calling the senators the same way we did for the bailout, you know, um, and we managed to succeed in Congress at one point with one of the votes with the, you know, to stop the bailout through these, you know, calling your congressman and senator campaigns. You know, if we could organize such a, you know, a partisan act on the part of both the right and the left, to audit the Federal Reserve, you know, we could possibly get this thing past the Senate. And, you know, if it's if it gets past the Senate and the Congress, that sends a direct message to the President of the United States, you know, or any presumptive nominee for that matter, that, hey, this is what the voting populace wants. You just saw it pass through both of these, you know, these chapters of our government. Absolutely. That I mean, the, the public pressure is clearly there. The public pressure is growing. I, I think there's a really good chance that the Senate is going to have to roll with this. Uh, like I said, I think that the powers that be have seen the writing on the wall for some time have gone ahead and re- and said it's okay to move forward with this operation. Um, and there's two outcomes. There's two there's two directions at play here. One is is the attempt for centralization of control. As we look as as the general public who still is clueless about these issues wants he's hearing the travesties going on and is looking for a solution. Uh, the solution is going to be presented um, as the global bank. On the other track, you have the people, uh, us and others, who really understand the key importance and really some of the finer details of monetary policy and fiat money and, and just the negative effects of central control systems in, in monetary policy. Uh, we are going to be the ones explaining that um, we need to be very wary of what solutions are presented. I, I guess I'm repeating myself here, but um, it's really important just to to get people to look into the details of this thing a little more. Don't just let them listen to the headlines in the mainstream media because it seems like, like to, from where I'm sitting right now, the operation has been approved and that we are going to hear a lot of, about this. And it's going to feel like a victory. It's going to feel, and it is in terms of PR, it is in terms of the interest level about monetary policy is going to be at an all-time high. So the key here is going to be to win the battle because they're going to be the general public is going to be told one thing and the truth is going to be another thing. So this is where the work gets. It's not time. In other words, the biggest point is it's not time to start relaxing and and celebrating victory. It's time to dig in um, and start writing those blogs and get get the information out there more than ever about monetary policy. Now, and I think, you know, this could be something I, in fact, said, I believe, way back when you and I were in the North Virginia Patriots show, was that my feeling was is that they were, if anything, hoping that the system would crash so that they could introduce their concept of the North American Union and the Amero. You know, um, this would definitely be an example of, like you said, you know, like, well, what maybe if we could just compo- propose a better central bank or something might be their solution. So we're going to have to look at that very closely and be sure that, you know they're not allowing us this quote unquote victory without the uh 
you know, without the, the basically the Trojan horse, so to speak. Exactly. And it's, I mean, the, the best way, in case people aren't familiar with how this process works, the best way I've ever heard it defined and described uh, is the problem reaction solution um, by, uh, who's that guy, Neil? <laughs> I don't remember the name. The British but I guy, unfortunately, he got into uh, the lizard thing. But, uh, <laughs> David Icke. David Icke, yes. <laughs> Problem reaction solution. If you're right. not familiar with how this works, I mean, he's got some crazy information out there, but he really does have some good information about how these operations can work. And so what we have here is a problem being created and being known about. We've, Of course, we've known the problem exists for a long time, Neil, but what we're, have, what we're seeing here is now the problem is going to be shared in the mainstream me- media and, on, and in the, the general public is going to become aware of a problem and they're going to react, and in that reaction, there's going to be opportunity for a solution to be presented. So it's the classic, it's the classic maneuver, and we've got to be real careful. So now we got a another link. Uh, this one to Newsmax. Ron Paul to Newsmax. Newsmax. Federal, uh, basically, Fed policy destroying the middle class. Uh, the American people are waking up to the idea that the Federal Reserve is very biased against the middle class. Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul tells Newsmax TV, "The American people are waking up." The Texas congressman declared in an exclusive interview with Newsmax, "They know that the Fed is very important, and a lot more people are looking at it." A larger crisis is going to come, and I think that the American people will be very attuned to looking at the Federal Reserve and why they always want to do things in secret. It goes without saying that the central bank has made the nation's middle class much poorer, he said. Real wealth isn't going up. Good jobs are going away. It's the policy of the Fed, the destruction of money, the intervention. It's a system that is very biased against the middle class. It's It's been well known that if you destroy a currency... There is a natural transfer of wealth from the middle class to the very wealthy. Paul's bill to audit the Federal Reserve, but this is obviously an older um, article, obviously, comes up for a vote, but it says a lot of transactions occurred in the bailout, and this is why we're getting more attention now, Paul said of his legislation, because so much activity occurred when the financial crisis hit, and the Fed was very, very much involved, and they were dealing with more money than the Congress deals with, than even the Congress deals with, uh, they're very much involved with what's going on in Europe right now. Nothing that Federal Chairman, uh, Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke has ple- uh, has pledged assist. Oh, I'm sorry, noting has pledged assistance to Europe if necessary. Paul added, "Being ready to help means using U.S. dollars, which means it's a penalty to the American taxpayer and to the value of our currency to stand ready to bail out the you know the system if necessary. This is even more reason for greater transparency at the Fed." These transactions are kept very, very secret. They don't want us to know who does what and who gets the benefit, and they always use the argument that they need independent, or they they need independent, but they're what they're really arguing is secrecy in all of their dealings. The American people, Paul said, are moving, are growing more astute about the Fed too. We're making tremendous progress because a lot of people have been involved in spreading this message, especially since the crisis hit people. You know, hit people want to understand it. And there's a large group of people, especially in the younger generation, who are inheriting the mess, and they are very, very interested in this subject. So outside of Washington, they're very open-minded. They understand it. They want something done. The American people want to audit the Fed. Want, want to audit the Fed. Congress is starting to respond, but there's a lot of special interests that put pressure on Congress. Those who want the spending continued. Turning his campaign for the presidential 
uh, to, to his pre- campaign for the presidential nomination. Paul is holding a rally for his supporters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but basically, you know, he pretty much laid it out, and he has been for some time. And I have to say it was always, been, you know, uh, pleasant to me to listen to Kucinich's speeches about the topic as well, especially during the bailout. He was pretty ruthless. He said, is this the Congress of the United States or is it the board of directors of Goldman Sachs? You know, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this develops from here and where it goes from here. But as I said previously, and to remind the audience, even if we don't get, you know, uh, this passed through the Senate, this definitely sends a huge message up the chain of command, so to speak, that people are now paying attention to the Federal Reserve. Right. It, it's clear the writing is on the wall. The people, and like I said, I called this earlier a PR victory. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is not a real victory yet until we see how this all shakes out. But it is a PR victory in that um, there is going to be some attention paid to this issue. So if people can become educated about it to the level where they can recognize what the right decision is and what the right direction is, or at least at minimal, um, let's pay attention to the people whose voices we can trust. Let's get the people to be aware that you can trust uh, the Kucinich's or Ron Paul's opinion on these matters, that these guys have been at it a long time, and they're gonna they're gonna tell you the straight skinny about what's going on as as the various solutions are debated to, to what we do now. Um, so uh, let's and if you want to support Ron Paul, I mean I'm a big Ron Paul supporter. I've been um, a little bit disappointed with once again he's winding down this GOP thing, and he's not. Uh, giving the finger to the GOP. That's been a big disappointment for me. I, I always assumed he would at the end of his career, but I'm a huge Ron Paul fan, and this this thing going on right here is a reminder of why. And just a reminder to everybody out there, if you support Ron Paul and you want to be part of supporting Ron Paul and let him know as he as he retires from politics that, that you're there, that you're glad for his uh, 30, 50 years of, of contribution on this issue, uh, the Paul Festival is going on in just about a month from today, down at uh, three days before the GOB convention in Florida. So it's an opportunity to really be part of something great. Uh, PaulFestival.org is the website, and you can get your tickets at tickets.paulfestival.org. And, um, you know, get down there, go down for the festival, and then um, the, the GOP convention actually starts the day after the festival ends. So if you're down there and you have some time, um, I'm sure there's some great Occupy camps down that way, or, or it's a great opportunity to start one um, ne- on, around, or near the GOP convention. Um, it would be a great time to really uh, send a message of support for Ron Paul and, and this direction of um, monetary system reform. You know, I agree with that, and I, you know, even though obviously the majority of my listeners are not, you know, do not agree with everything Ron Paul says, I've always said before that I still support the man on his. Uh, civil liberties and his foreign policy, and obviously ending the Federal Reserve is something that uh, both the you know basically the anti-bank you know forces of the Occupy movement you know and the you know the anti-government power forces of the of the Tea Party should be able to unify on, as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast. And actually, I just talked to Aaron Hawkins, also known as Storm Clouds Gathering, and he might be joining us here in a moment because he's also been kind of saying that. These two organizations need to be able to work together towards the the goal of defeating essentially what amounts to mutual enemies. You know, there are going to be differences, but, you know, ending the Federal Reserve or bringing scrutiny to the way that these banks are bailed out and the way that this whole system works 
can only benefit both sides of this conversation. And that's why I, you know, I come back to it again is that, you know, although obviously showing support for Ron Paul is good, you know, take a look and see who voted in favor of this thing. Make sure that you support any congressman who voted for it, or at least, you know, tell them that you appreciate what it is that they did so that they know that this move does garner them support. At the end of the day, I think we both believe that the political system is really messed up, but this is definitely a victory, even if it's just a matter of an awareness campaign. And, you know, so even if you don't think you're going to vote for him, make sure that you, you know, definitely take a look at this and these efforts as to how they benefit both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. So, I think it's it's a great opportunity, Neil, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, covering, covering this topic a little bit, because uh, you and I had discussed it at length when you were here with me. Um, among the many great conversations we had, really largely what's going on here is, is there are so many similar things between the Tea Party movement and the Occupy movement. They they ultimately shared the most important core values, I think, um, just kind of have different approaches. And largely the difference in approach is that you have the Occupy movement who is kind of blaming this thing called corporations, and you have the Tea Party movement who is blaming this thing called government. And let's face it, that there is no real clear separation anymore between this idea of these these corporations and the idea of this government because they are the same people uh, bouncing back and forth largely between the higher ranks of both. They are funded and get their money and, and success comes from loans and support from the same group of global elite. And we, we, we tend, the occupiers tend to call them the one percenters. Um, I'd say they're more like the 0.001 percenters that you really got to be concerned with. Um, 0.000001 percenters maybe. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the Tea Party guys or the Ron Paul movement or the Freedom Movement would tend to call it more of like the elite. Um, either way, you know, we're talking about a group of people who are really just, um, still caught in an old paradigm of thinking and they believe that um, that there is there is a there's a good reason or a good way of operating in a selfish mode on the planet and that that it's their right and that they were put in this position to run the planet and it's their job to do so and that really they know what's best for the rest of us and that they're going to go ahead and implement policies, and they're going to go ahead and fund the corporations and, and direct the government through their controls um, on, on how the people ought to live. And that's that's the whole thing that, that's shared in common between these groups is that, no, you, they simply don't know better. They're really, at the end of the day, only looking out for their own interests. And it's time for humankind to enter into a new era where we lose a little bit of that selfishness and we or at least we evolve our selfishness to a level where we realize that we actually do gain more by giving to others. If we lived in a world where everybody spent all of their time and energy thinking about how they could help others, then how much help would you receive in return? <laughs> I mean, so this is this is obvious to a lot of people. Uh, but it's but it really is the ultimate transition we're looking to head through. And really, what you have is is a lot of um, con- systems in place today are controlled by people who aren't interested in that paradigm shift at all. 
Absolutely. I agree completely. And, you know, this has been an awesome conversation so far. I haven't heard back from Aaron since he said, yeah, sure, we can do it when you want to do it. And then he probably stepped away from the keyboard. But um, now, I guess, uh, looking more closely at this and what the implications of it really are going to be, um, this will add to the scrutiny, obviously, that Representative Sanders has already brought and it will definitely get the concept being talked about more often in the mainstream media, which I never tune into. But I have been so, you know, pleasantly surprised at the coverage that, you know, that the Fed has gotten already over all of this. And um, it's interesting, you know, to see that Mitt Romney tweeted about it, which means that it might even find its way onto the, the grand stage of the arguments between Barack Obama and Mitt Romney when they get to, you know, get to go head to head, you know, when, you know, be in the debates. It'd be interesting to see what Barack Obama's position on this is going to be. I've never heard him say anything about the Fed. It's usually this thing that everybody's trying to pretend doesn't exist when you get into the national stage. You know, they don't want to talk about it, um, at least as far as, like, you know, the only person – well, actually, I'd have to say there's more than that. Uh, Gary Johnson, uh, when he was a Republican candidate, wanted to end the Fed. He still wants to end it, even as an LP candidate, obviously, Libertarian Party nominee. Um, ironically, Mike Huckabee was a uh, he was an anti-IRS guy. Um, I was kind of surprised by that, and that was in 2008. I don't know what his position on it is now. Um, and Kucinich being the only Democrat I know, other than obviously Senator Mike Gravel, you know, once we exposed him to the truth about that, which I might add was kind of something the North Virginia Patriots did because <laughs> he hadn't really looked at it before that. Hey, hey, we did something to to uh, to help. Uh guide our hero Mike Gravel I'm, I'm glad to know that I, mean, I didn't yeah. think we had any influence honestly well yeah I mean as you remember I was kind of his consultant when he went to the Libertarian Party so um, but in any case uh, you know so now I mean uh, looking at all of this that we've accomplished so far, I honestly, when I looked at that, was so shocked that I, that's one of the reasons I had to get on the air about it immediately was because I knew that that was going through, and we've been talking about that bill. In fact, we read that bill, if I remember right, or maybe we read the, the Abolish the Fed bill like way back when on North Virginia Patriots, and you guys made this comment. Like, Did you notice the change in Neil's voice when he was reading this bill as opposed to the Patriot Act? You know, because it was definitely much more defiant when I was reading it. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, it's been it's just it's just amazing you know, to see to see progress and and to, to you know uh, share in it and share the work we've done and and reminder to everybody that activism pays off every now and then, but it's not the time to to celebrate and to let down our guard. That's it. Definitely. Know? Definitely. That's a lot of people actually have already commented about that, you know, on Facebook that I've been monitoring as the show has gone on. They're like, well, wait a minute, you know, how did this happen? You know, how did the big money interest let this pass? And that kind of brings us back to that conversation we were having earlier about, you know, okay, so if this has passed, it's great, but we also have to look at, all right, so obviously they're playing a chess game here. Is it possible that, you know, there are people who have already got something lined up better that will benefit them more than us, you know, if we do get rid of the regular Federal Reserve. And we've talked about that now, you know, but they make an interesting point. And I, of course, hate to be cynical about something like this since it's obviously been talked about. But I am hoping that if nothing else, because of the fact that we are critically speaking about this topic, that the audience, you know, will take note of it and will hopefully, 
also be more aware and more scrutinizing if any possible changes that are being brought forward, any quote-unquote solutions that are being offered. Exactly, exactly. Thanks for reiterating that because that's, Neil, I, I don't think you have any doubts. I don't have any doubts that there will be a solution presented and it won't be the right one. And unless the general populace is listening to the guys who can advise them right or they're doing the research for themselves, they're going to fall for it. And that's exactly the point that I mean. It's not time to let up now. It's time to get more educated than ever about monetary policy and monetary systems and to share that information as much as you can with everybody. Absolutely. Well, I guess uh, given all of that, we've kind of talked about this issue, and um, I'm looking forward to being able to talk further about it, although it looks like I did get a reply <laughs> from Aaron, who would, in fact, like to join us. Um, so we're going to be continuing. Uh now, I guess uh, basically to kind of go over this uh, – sorry, I have to re respond to Aaron. To go over this to those of you who are just tuning in because I know this link has just came out, uh, Congressman Ron Paul's uh, audit the Fed bill did just pass through Congress by an overwhelming like 300 and I believe 89 to 96 margin. I'd have to look up the numbers. Um, you know, That is what we're looking at now, you know. Here and uh, oh wait, somebody's asking me for a link. So uh, right now, Ray Powell and I are discussing that. Aaron Hawkins will be with us shortly. If anybody would like to call in or talk about this topic, uh, the phone number is available. If you look at the link, but I will go ahead and read it over the air: three four seven nine four five seven seven four seven. That's three four seven nine four five seven seven four seven and that way you can call in if you would prefer like for example if you're from out of the country and you'd like to call in via skype my skype name is vtv 115 don't call me message me first so that i can add you to the call because um adding somebody to an existing uh, skype call can sometimes be problematic and if you do it wrong it hangs everything up so um and if anybody has any questions in the chat room or any comments that they'd like to add, please let me know. So here we go. We're adding Aaron Hawkins, also known as Storm Clouds Gathering. Hey, Aaron. Welcome to Vigen to V Radio. Hey. How's it going, guys? Excellent, excellent. So, um, yeah, we've been on the air talking about this for a little while here, Aaron. So by all means, um, you know, uh, what do you think of this, this, you know, the fact that they – Audit the Fed uh, passed through the Congress. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be probably like a wet blanket here. <laughs> I mean, I, I have I have limited enthusiasm, considering this comes from the same Congress that just passed the NDAA. So, I mean, my, my suspicion is that this could easily be just a whitewash. You know, oh yeah, we did an audit and it turned up nothing really suspicious. Or, you know, I mean, how are we gonna trust that the government's gonna audit itself and or? They're not, they're not the government, obviously. The Federal Reserve is not government. But you know, how, are, how are the cronies going to audit themselves? It's like asking the mafia to, to, you know, to, to make sure they're not doing anything illegal. Well, you certainly make an excellent point. But as we were commenting on earlier, even if, even if they do screw it up somehow, it does at least bring more attention to the issue. Well, yeah, I think that it, it's going to – I guess it can't hurt in that sense. 
but I, I think the, the 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 dangerous side of it, which the part where I'm always my my head is always spinning and thinking, well, why would they do this? Because obviously, the powers that be have been just push ramming through things that just you know are mind boggling bogglingly um, freedom killing. So my thought is, um, you know, maybe it's just kind of to, to divert attention and to make it kind of come down to, oh, we've already settled that issue. Like kind of like the well, actually, I won't, I won't bring up any other controversial topics, but there's been other situations in the past where that's happened, where um, you know somebody releases a, a document, it's, it's a complete sham, but that's what everybody refers back to as the, oh no, we already took care of that, we've already dealt with that, don't don't address it again. Kind of well, you're thing. absolutely right, Aaron. You know, I mean, we've we've covered a little bit of that, uh, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you there. No, no, that's fine. No, that's, uh, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I think you asked a question in there, which is a, a very important question, is why would they let this happen? And I think this is where the thing to be happy about comes into play, because the reason that they let this happen is because they knew they had to. Yeah. They knew, they, sense, yeah, yeah they, they, they saw the public, you know, for years now, uh, probably roughly four or five years since since Ron Paul's last run, I would say is really when the momentum has started sh- uh, shifting in the direction of, of information sharing uh, about monetary policy. And they have seen the writing on the wall that the public is, is clearly not going to tolerate this as they continue to learn. And the Internet has just been a, a real uh, bane in the plan for these for the global elite and their and their global control plan because the internet has allowed this information to leak out. Average guys are just going on Facebook or YouTube and they're bumping into this stuff about uh, monetary policy and, and the scam, uh, the money scam that has been literally been going on for centuries on this planet. And so, yeah, so public support has grown enough to the point where Congress can't say no anymore. And I agree with you 100% that these guys have a plan they are they are not just laying down and saying okay you got the the the, the sheep will win of course they're not so the question yeah. is what will they do next and how can we be wary and how can we get information out there well yeah i mean i i think that probably the, the smartest thing to do is just to completely ignore their agenda and and just just ride on the the um, the trending wave is going to come i mean obviously people are going to be talking about it so it's going to be searched you know it's going to be it's going to be showing up in the searches so I mean, that, to me, that's something I've already been focusing on. I think a lot of, the, of us are, so we just need to keep keep drilling home the, the core of the issues. Because they're going to, I mean, it's pretty clear they're going to avoid the core issue, which is that, you know, they're making money out of nothing. They're not backed by anything at all. I mean, if they can divert it into something where we're putting our attention on to whether they gave some money to a specific bank and who was responsible and should that person be, you know, released. I, that's my impression, is that they're going to bring it in down to specific um, wrongdoings, burn a few um, scapegoats, and then continue business as usual without questioning the core issues. Right, the old problem-reaction-solution. Yeah, I mean, then people, when people think of, you know, the Federal Reserve issues, you know, the you know the audits, and they're like, well, you know, we already got that guy arrested or whatever. I mean, that's exactly. to be... Just like, just like in the... the, the um... The Madoff scandal. I mean, yeah. come on. You know how many people at at, at Treasury and at uh, at the Federal Reserve had to be involved for Madoff to pull off what he did, and he's the only guy who took the fall. And obviously, there's a lot of other guys who got really rich who, you know, are not 
getting the heat. And you know, very very likely Madoff was told, "Listen, you take the heat or else." You know, like that's the these. It's not really it's not really you know conspiracy theories to talk about this kind of thing. I mean, it's just the basics of of how politics works. There's powerful people. It's it's like a giant mafia. So now, uh, real quick. Real quick, folks, uh, we just added also uh, Gregory, also known as Thunder, from uh, Z Radio, who wanted to, to join us today. Uh, welcome to the show, Gregory. Hey, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Good. How are you, man? Hey, Greg. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Neil. No problem. It's always great to have Z Radio on. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, breaking news. Uh, Ron Paul's audit the Fed passed, not just passed, it passed overwhelmingly. Uh, and of course, I mean, now we're discussing the possibility, you know, is, you know, obviously this is great in one way or another, you know, but the question is, could this also be a Trojan horse? Could this be something that they're doing? You know, they're giving Ron Paul his day on this because maybe they're hoping to pass something even worse. And obviously this is just speculation at this point. We're just suggesting to people to, you know, to stay aware, to stay frosty, so to speak. You know, I guess what's your take on it? Well, to be honest, I have not been read into the news. I have not looked at the news today, so um, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage. But from what I've heard so far, uh, it sounds <laughs> like another something to distract the masses from what's really going on. Yeah. Call it conspiracy theory, if you will. I, I, I don't label it like that, but um, let's just let's play – like I like to do devil's advocate and say, okay, this thing passed. They're going to audit the Fed. Then what? Yeah, they're going to eliminate debt-based money. Yeah. All yeah, right. Mean, are, are we, is this moving us to the gold standard? You know, are they? What? You know, it just it leaves so many unanswered questions for me. Uh, that okay, is this a you know is this a good thing? Is this you know is this just more patchwork? What's gonna What's gonna happen down the road? That's what I'm really curious about. Now, that, that, that's an interesting. You, you bring up an interesting thing there with the whole. What would be the consequences if they even did go to a gold, gold standard? Well, yes, for sure. That's actually uh, the comment that I had made earlier in the broadcast before you two gentlemen had joined. That you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. But way back during the North Virginia Patriot Show, when Ray and I were were co-hosting back in my libertarian days, I thought about the um, this issue and it occurred to me, you know, maybe they want the system to crash or to be seen to be inferior so that they could introduce this North American Union and the Amero as a possible solution. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I'll start with Aaron. <laughs> um, well, my general thought on this whole thing is that um, debt-based currencies have a, have a lifespan and it's a can't be extended past a certain point, obviously, because I mean you're, you're you're creating money, and each time you create money, every cycle it's adding more interest and more interest. And it gets to a point where it's obviously untenable. And look, you look at the United States; it's 15 trillion, something like that, now 14 point something. I can't even keep up because it's changed even since the last time I talked about it. Um, you know, this particular currency and the entire global system can't continue very much longer because all the other currencies are based on the dollar, and the dollar. You know, is 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 based on nothing, and so except for debt, which is actually like the giant black hole. So they're going to have to replace it one way or the other. Um, the, the question is, who's going to be controlling it when they when they do that? You know, whether whether we're going to accept that new currency. And I think that's this is I think the first time in history that that the population has actually been aware 
or at least this many people have been aware of the nature of currency and are, are having a spirit of resistance. I mean, that to me is unprecedented. I don't see any evidence that, that, that the population has had any clue. You know, and each time they've done it, they've broken these cycles with wars, like you know, World War One, World War Two. Um, you know, these massive just orgies of destruction, and then they go, oh, well, let's set up a new system. And no one notices. Well, maybe that currency was at the end of its life cycle anyway, and they had to come up with a kind of a pretext for for replacing it. So, did you have that, something to add to that, Thunder? Yeah, I just I, I keep thinking about the statement how history tends to repeat itself and recent history uh re- referring to the euro dollar seeing do you see the similarities going on here so i think that your theory has a lot of validity that this is possibly a pretext for the amero or whatever they end up calling it but you know the the us dollar is taking a lot of punishment right now and, you know, what better way to uh, pseudo-excite, re-excite the monetary system than to make this drastic change to a North American currency of some kind? It's been done before, not too long. The euro dollar is not that old, and I believe, uh, you know, what happened there is similar to what's going on here. Except it wasn't formed under the context of a, of a collapsing no, currency. No, but but the U.S. dollar being so strong, or used to be so strong, they it, it, you know they have to step up their game. You know what I'm saying? It, it's got to be something traumatic for people to say, okay, we'll accept this. You know, like the Great Depression, right? Which we're kind of already in, <laughs> right? It's this is the New Deal of 2012, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely take a massive trauma for people to be psychologically prepared to accept a new currency. Because, I mean, right. the, do- the dollar to them is something. I mean, it's it's iconic. Sure. Um, so. Yeah, we're so we're so connected with it in this country. It, it you know, almost you'd almost think we we could survive on it as far as sustenance. But you can't eat it. It doesn't work well in the gas tank. And that's the thing that I actually think is really foolish about this whole thing is that um, doing a massive shift like that, it's going to weaken the perception of money in general. I mean, I think that we're already on that trend. I mean, we all depend on money, so obviously we have to use it. But I I find myself feeling like, what the fuck is this stuff? (laughs) Like, I'm losing Mm -hmm. it. Like, I have to use this, but I don't crave it. I don't want it. Like, I just... It's it, it, it the illusion wears thin once you understand it. Yeah, I I'm yeah I'm on the same page as you. Even I'm on the next page of taking it a little further. I'm actually sick of sickened by the whole idea of what we how we have to survive, you know, on this planet using this this paper piece of paper for us to survive. It just it, learning what I've learned in the last few years. It just it, it's it's asinine, uh, you know. To me, Ray, did you have anything to add to the two comments you just heard? Oh yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I I went through a phase where I was absolutely sickened uh, by even seeing or touching these stupid Federal Reserve notes, 
You know, once you understand that they are fraud, they are a lie, they are everything that is wrong with the world at its core. And Neil and I, you, you and I have had long conversations about this, and my opinion really is that all the other secondary problems we see uh, with the corporations and, and inside government and how the corporations can buy the government and how the government can take the power from the people and sell it to the corporations, all these problems are ultimately start and ultimately founded in the money scam. And that has been going on for such a long time. And when you really take to heart that truth, at least that's what I believe, that's what I've come to believe is truth, that, that it all starts with this very simple fraud, you really become, uh, you know, just completely turned off by this, by this stupid piece of paper. And yeah, you have to use it. You have to use it every day. You have to go to the grocery store and hand right. over or swipe your card at least. Right, and, you know, keep in mind something that, that, yes, it is just a piece of paper. It wouldn't matter if it was colored rocks or or grains of sand or whatever the vehicle is. It's the system that is the problem, the the monetary system that was created hundreds of years ago. uh, I completely agree. The idea of it, the idea of exchange for goods, is, has proven to fail. It's just it's a proven failure, and yet they keep trying to breathe life into it. Let me go ahead and uh, take a caller, provided they called in to actually call in. Um, uh, caller at one 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 one. You're on the air. <laughs> oh hey, I was just listening in, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, I saw the headline, and I saw that you were publishing the show. And seeing the headlines in the news, it's really quite amazing to see that this actually passed Congress. Absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. So um, is this your first time listening? Not at all, actually. I'm a long-time listener. Um, I maybe even called it into Z Radio once before. But um, I just wanted to say keep up the good work, and I'm glad to hear, <laughs> glad to hear what I heard on the news today. Excellent. Sounds like you're listening from somewhere outside. <laughs> I am actually listening on the go. I'm uh, currently taking a bus back to my home after work. <laughs> well, I'm glad B-Radio got mobile. Thanks for calling in. Nope. Keep listening, and I'll let you know if I'd like to say something. Thank you so much. All right. So, all right, just because of the background noise, I'm muting him for now. If he wants to say something else, though, all he has to do is uh, push the button to get my attention. Um, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, obviously, we've got a lot of excitement about this. And then, you know, I guess it, it just makes it all the more important, as we said earlier, to be aware of what this means and what it could mean. And the fact that I think that's another point for it is that, you know, is to, is to that we do need to pay attention because in order to get it, like I'm over here looking at a great screenshot right now. 238 Republicans voted yes, one voted against, uh, two not voting. 88 Democrats voted yes, 97 voted against, six not voting. So 326 to 98, that's so overwhelming in favor of auditing the Fed that you've got to ask yourself, okay, so is that good or is that bad? That looks like that looks like the numbers, the same kind of numbers that the, for the NDAA. I mean, actually, there was just a little bit more support for the NDAA. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's like this is the same people. Like I, I, I can't trust those kind of idiots. I, mean, I don't know what even what to call these guys. Like, I mean, insane, insane people. Like, 
they can they can say the right things at the, at the right time sometimes, but yeah. Well, even I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, even with any other quote unquote solutions they might be trying to get past us, I think we are better off going ahead and uh, you know supporting this, which is why I said earlier on in the broadcast that I think that. Uh, Occupy Detroit, or, or just the Occupy movement and the Tea Party movement, should probably get together with, you know, at least in intention with people, groups like Campaign for Liberty, that are inevitably going to call all the senators, you know, to when this when this issue goes before the Senate. And I guess that is a point, though, to bring up to the panel. Uh, how do the two new, you know, members of the panel feel about the possibility of this? Knowing, of course, that we all agree that the the political system is messed up, you know, do you think it would still be worthwhile to try to get the Senate to pass this? I'll start with uh, Gregory. Yeah, I, uh, so it could die in the Senate. Is that the reality? Yes. Yeah, so it really hasn't hasn't even gone to that. It's not pa- It's not a law that's been passed. Assuming it's going to be a law or a mm-hmm. statute or whatever it is. Um, so this may all be for naught. You know, uh, if it dies in the Senate. However, if it passes, I, I say I, I'm very interested to see how it runs its course because. I'm really curious uh, what it is they're going to audit, who over at the Fed is scrambling right now <laughs> to hide, and uh, I imagine they've got a dozen paper shredders going 24 hours right now. Well, what exactly. That's that's certainly true, but I don't think there's that much scrambling going on because, like I said, uh, I believe that uh, the scrambling already happened, started a couple of years back when they saw <laughs> the writing on the wall, and at this point, the operation to go ahead and release the, quote, problem to the public has been yeah. approved. Yeah, yeah. It's well, gonna I be agree with you 100%. Yeah, if it, if it goes through the Senate uh, and then goes forward, it's it's going to be real interesting. Coming And how ironic that this is all coming up, what, three, four months before an election? Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, th- what do you think, is- Aaron? You wanna, do you think we should try to push this through the Senate? I think what we should do is put a blitzkrieg of information as to the nature of what the Federal Reserve is really doing out there during this time so that you know, while the attention is on it, while people are searching on YouTube, while people are searching through the Internet, we take advantage of this wave. I, I don't think really our energy is best served calling senators. I mean, really, the senators are going to do what their bosses tell them, and their bosses are not the people who elected them and people who are paying their paychecks, you know, the – the corporations, those are the people who are going to make the actual decision, in my opinion. I mean, I know that sounds extreme to some people, but that's who I think calls the shots in the end. I don't think these guys are making their own decisions at all. And I think, you know, they're in their position because they know when to follow orders. So um, I don't think we're going to be able to influence the way things actually go out um, through phone calls. That's my opinion. Well, when you think about it, we did create, at least initially anyway, a severe hesitation on the part of the Congress to pass the bailout when we did the, the campaigns to call all the congressmen. We did manage to uh, cause the bailout to, to fail once, at least. Of course, it went back to be revoted on. So I, you know, I think it's possible that at the very least it'll send a message that you know, the people are not behind this, um, but whether or not they do anything about that, as you said, it's, I guess it's kind of a... Uh, 
Um, you know, you know, I definitely agree with your approach one way or the other, but I also think, you know, what the hell? I mean, what do we got to lose? It's just a phone call. You know, if we can manage to push, put pressure on, and especially if they get, that's another thing when you think about it, if we do this overwhelming thing, I mean, if you imagine what would happen, like, if the Occupy movement and the Tea Party movement got together, and even if they're not working directly together, but just got on the phones and started calling senators with all the people involved with that, and if they don't respond, it almost, in that, in that, in that regard, it makes it even more, you know, in our favor, because then it proves that they're not going to listen to the will of the people at that point. Well, yeah, but but what is the will of the people? I I, I suspect the Tea Party has a will, uh, Occupy has a will, the Libertarians all have a, they all have a different will that they think ultimately is where this country needs to go, and that disparity, in my opinion, is part of the problem. I think that well, on this one issue, uh, actually, go ahead, Ray. Well, yeah, no, I was, I think I was going to say the same thing. To you, I think this is really this could be a unifying issue here. We could. Yeah, that- we could be looking at that. Go ahead, Aaron. Well, I mean, that's the one thing that I've said. I've said that for a while. That I think that we needed to simplify our agenda down to something that we could agree on. And yeah, the ba- the banking issue is something that we that we can agree on. But I don't think people are going to be as passionate about it unless they understand the real nature of money. And that's the thing. If when you explain to a person, and it doesn't take that much to explain to a person because it's it's really very simple. When you show them just you know what money is. You know, debt-based money. Mm-hmm. That changes the game, and I think, in my opinion, if you get, if we can, you know, convince another twenty thousand people during the, this media upheaval that's going to happen, to me, that's the win. Because you know, twenty thousand out of tw- if you take twenty thousand people and you absolutely convince them that you know the money system is absolutely bullshit and we have to we have to do something different, those people are going to keep pushing for change. Long after this whole situation, I, that's that's where I've come. The conclusion I've come to. I mean, maybe it's not the thing that everybody has to do, but I just I've started to, to really see that the, the the whole political game is just it's it's sapping the energy of the activist, in my opinion. Like I, I watched what happened. I give you an example. Um, I was in a conversation with someone who's actually very very well known activist, and he had he was planning a an extremely potent um, action at Congress. He was going to do something that was going to get him arrested. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't like something violent. But, and I actually talked to you about this, Neil, mm-hmm. um, in advance. But in the end, he, he, he called me. We were talking on the phone. He was like, well, you know, we're concerned. You know, some of us have concerns that that would, be, that would hurt Ron Paul because we're doing, you know, he's trying to get elected and stuff. And that was right when Ron Paul was, you know, trying to do his election thing. So he actually held back from doing the thing that, he, you know, really needed to be done that would have really sent a message about the NDAA. And then, you know, now, look at the situation. There's no momentum to make any statement because everybody's forgotten about it. They have the attention span of a gnat. So, you know, the moment came and passed, and he didn't do something because he wanted to protect Ron Paul. And Ron Paul, you know, what has he done? Well, he got us this far, at least on this issue. What yeah, this has been Ron Paul's. You know, at times I've been so annoyed with him because he's so hyper focused on this one issue, and doesn't talk about a lot of the other things that are important to talk about. And you know, once again, I find myself every time I get mad at the old man, I kind of have to step back. He always kind of turns around, and kicks me right in the butt, and says, "Hey, see, see what I'm doing here." And um, the other thing I want to say, I guess, about we have now Mitt Romney all of a sudden acting like he supports this. 
Um, let's face the facts that the reason Mitt Romney has to do that is because Mitt wants the Ron Paul vote. I mean, if if the powers within the GOP really want a chance at making it a one-term Obama presidency, um, they need the Ron Paul support to get Mitt Romney elected. That's right. Mitt Romney the flip-flopper. Yeah, yeah but what I was saying was related to the election because like that was they were wanting to protect Ron Paul's election chances. Yeah, you know, th- that person held back from doing something specific, you know, to make a statement directly to, to Congress, which I I think I mean it, to me what it comes down to is is the the political system is so rotten, so rotten that if we if we if, if people are thinking that the political system is going to it has a chance of being reformed, we keep handing over our responsibility to the to the politicians and then the politicians they kind of distract us for a long enough that you know the energy kind of dies down and then they give us a half-baked answer or half-baked solution and by that time we don't have enough like anger and ferocity to actually say no because everybody's gotten distracted onto something else so, i mean that's the, the core to me is that we're not taking responsibility for the, the the fact that this is our issue it's not the politicians that are going to fix it we the human society has to reject it directly we have to start rejecting the entire monetary system directly. It's not going to reform itself. Now you're talking my language, Aaron, because that's that's what I've come to think of a, as the most viable solution is non-participation in the system. Quit playing their game. The minute enough people stop playing the game, the game must change. Absolutely. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I say uh, all the <clears throat> if you're out there doing political activism, you should be spending at least that much time learning how to live sustainably, live, learning how to live off the grid without reliance on the system. At least that much time, if not more. That's definitely a. Uh, I, I definitely that's definitely a point that I think that even people who are on the right and the left should be thinking about very heavily. Is that um, regardless of what you think is going to happen, this sort of situation is only going to get worse before it gets better. And you need to have some kind of plan that does not involve the system for the inevitable, you know, collapse of the house of cards. Right. You know, uh, because this and if you're hoping that the politicians are going to fix it for us, that's probably an unrealistic goal. Um, Not because there aren't some that probably would try, but because they are overwhelmingly outnumbered. I mean, we had Bernie Sanders, Dennis Kucinich. Um, you know, and Congressman Ron Paul are the only three that I'd say that, you know, say anything that compels me to believe that they at least care. Um, even if I don't agree with everything any of them say necessarily, um, those it, it, the, the amount of people who have integrity as compared to the amount of people who don't within the system, unfortunately, you're looking at an overwhelming majority in favor of those who are totally in the pockets of the corporations. Um, and that's why I suggest to people already um, whether or not you're a libertarian Tea Party person or an Occupy person uh, from the quote-unquote left, which, mind you, the Occupy movement is made up of a lot of different groups, but um, you still are going to have to look at the fact that inevitably, uh, before the, you know, when the situation does inevitably get worse before it gets better, we're going to have to have a way to take care of ourselves in the interim of all of this. You know, and I think that that's the biggest point behind the reason why the system keeps creating situations to cause all of the activists to fight one another, and the reason why so many other of the values of the United States people 
And also just people around the world have shifted away from having any kind of family to be able to, you know, fall back on and instead shifted completely and you being totally dependent upon your boss, you know, uh, for everything. Uh, dependent on your J-O-B, your job, to be, you know, to get anything. Um, and I think that this, you know, especially since, you know, as we've said earlier, you know, earlier, this could be a sign of things to come. We're probably going to be looking at something major whether or not it happens naturally or whether or not it's intentionally manipulated that way to try to get us to accept something else, be in a position to take care of yourself. We are an educated people as compared to the people who were put through the obviously intentionally created Great Depression. Um, you know, and we have to be sure that whatever new deal that we're being offered you know, is not you know, bringing along with it a whole new set of manacles. Like Aaron pointed out when he, you know, came onto the show, he's like, well, I'd like to be interested or excited about this, but I'm going to be a wet blanket because this is the same Congress that just passed the NDAA. And that's a very good point. So they're passing at the same time that they're giving us this, they're passing other stuff that hinders our ability to take care of ourselves more specifically or actually more specifically our ability to object, our ability to, to rise up, you know, so to speak, you know, and speak out against anything that they might be doing when they're handing us this. At the same time that they're handing us that, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are they holding behind their back? Exactly, Neil, which brings us full circle right back to the point that this is nothing more than a PR victory. This is not a real victory. There is no uh, real reason to believe that this audit the Fed bill passing is going to take us in a good new direction. It only gives us an opportunity to address the issue now that the public will be far more interested in it. And, of course, we're, we have the same old battle going on there where the, main, the, the corporate-controlled, government-controlled mainstream media is going to be touting one set of truths and realities, which is probably not going to be uh, the true accuracy. It's a good propaganda, as always. is 90% truth and 10%. Uh, nonsense to to control your thoughts on it. So it's now time to be more vigilant than ever. Any further comments from anyone else? All right. Well, thank you everybody for calling in today. It has been this has definitely been a great impromptu broadcast. Uh, let me give an opportunity for everybody to identify themselves to the audience so that they can further this. Now, uh, Aaron, are you still at waitingforthestorm.com? Yes, um, just go ahead and say that because I, I'm i going to be transferring the, the, the servers this week and the next couple of days. So it, it'll it'll still redirect, though. So you, if they go to waitingforthestorm.com in the next few days, it's all going to start pointing to stormcloudsgathering.com. To those of you who are new to Aaron Hawkins' work as Stormclouds Gathering, please be sure to check out his YouTube channel. He's got a lot of very compelling and uh, well-thought-out videos and provocative videos that will help you think. Um, I know it's, it was definitely worth every subscription that I've you know, put on my account. And I've seen a lot of my uh, listeners since our you know, shows in the past have you know, been posting links to your stuff. So great job and keep up the good work, Aaron. Um, now, uh, Thunder, where do people find Z-Radio? Uh, we have a website uh, since we're on, on the ZBN network at zbnlive.com. You can find our uh, website there. Uh, Z Radio has its own page as well as the other shows currently on the network. And uh, also, if you just want to go directly over to StickCam, where we uh, do the video show, uh, you can find um, ZBN there with a quick search, no problem. 
All right. Now, so that's ZBN. Z is in um, yep. Zeta. B is in boy. N is in uh, nickel. <laughs> Zulu Bravo November. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't bring that up. But yeah, it sounded like ZDN at first. I wanted to be sure they got that. Yeah. So yeah, ZDNLive um, all one word dot com. Excellent. And um, Danette and I actually are working very diligently. Uh, not only on building the network, but we've got a couple very exciting hot projects in the works as I speak. I uh, can't give you any point for open yet, uh, but I can tell you it's very exciting. It's got me charged up. She's charged up. And uh, it's, we're going to be bringing this uh, out to the public here very soon. Excellent. Now, Ray, uh, you mentioned Paul Fest earlier, and I pointed out that if nothing else, it would be an interesting gathering for freedom-minded people to go to. Um, do you want to go ahead and uh, give the information on, on that again? Sure. I want to see occupiers there. You, you're going to feel welcome and at home there. I want to see tea partiers there. You're going to feel welcome and at home there. And, of course, the whole freedom movement. And even, you know, Greens, anybody who's for um, – ending what we currently have and sees the clear problems with the systems that we're dealing with. You're going to feel at home at Paul Festival, and it's an opportunity to celebrate um, the guy who has made this this PR success happen today, uh, largely on his own, endless, tireless work, Ron Paul, uh, who the festival is named after. Get your tickets at tickets.paulfestival.org. It is exactly one month from today, and I hope to see everybody down there. All right. Well, um, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, if this is your first time tuning in to V Radio, uh, please visit my website, v-radio.org. Uh, there you can find archives of more shows like this one, great roundtable discussions about current events, interviews with documentary filmmakers, activists, uh, politicians, the few good ones. Uh, and once again, lots of great roundtable discussions on topics like this one. I've had uh, roundtables of like five different countries from the Middle East all on the same call. I recently had a great conversation with Sahar Vardi, the Israeli activist who many of you might remember from a very provocative series of photos. She was the woman who shoved a Palestinian police officer, I'm sorry, not a Palestinian, an Israeli police officer away from a Palestinian boy to protect him from being brutally beaten. Uh, risked her life to do that. That was a great interview. Um, you can check all of those interviews out. You can also check out my must-see TV list, which is a list of free documentaries you can watch on the Internet. This is a listener-supported effort. I am essentially an independent journalist, so if you like what you heard, please consider a donation at that same website. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in today. And, um, gentlemen, if you could stay on the call for a little bit while I, after I get off the air, I've got something to bring up to all of you. Um, and I'll leave you guys with some words from the network. Broadcasting systems, and he died at 11 o'clock this morning of a heart condition. And woe is us, we're in a lot of trouble. So, a rich little man with white hair died. What has that got to do with the price of rice, right? And why is that woe to us? Because you people 
And 62 million other Americans are listening to me right now because less than 3% of you people read books. Because less than 15% of you read newspapers. Because the only truth you know is what you get over this tube. Right now, there is a whole, an entire generation that never knew anything that didn't come out of this tube. This tube is the gospel, the ultimate revelation. This tube can make or break presidents, popes, prime ministers. This tube is the most awesome goddamn force in the whole godless world. And woe is us if it ever falls into the hands of the wrong people. And that's why woe is us that Edward George Ruddy died. Because this company is now in the hands of CCA, the Communication Corporation of America. There's a new chairman of the board, a man called Frank Hackett, sitting in Mr. Ruddy's office on the 20th floor. And when the 12th largest company in the world controls the most awesome goddamn propaganda force in the whole godless world, who knows what shit will be paid for truth on this network. So you listen to me. Listen to me. Television is not the truth. Television is a goddamn amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. The man... You're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry, just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We do it in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, <coughs> creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You eat like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off! <laughs>